It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. He scores! Score! Score! The San Jose Sharks proudly present Sharks Hockey Digest. Here's your host, Dan Rusinowski. Welcome to SAP Center at San Jose for our news conference in which Mike Greer is being named general manager of the San Jose Sharks. Let's go to it. I'd like to welcome those of you here in attendance today, as well as to all those who are watching on all the Sharks digital platforms, including the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital, NBCSportsCalifornia.com, and of course, listening on the Sharks audio network. In just a moment, we'll start with some prepared remarks from Sharks President Jonathan Becker and Assistant General Manager Joe Will. At that point, we'll introduce today's distinguished guest. Following the prepared remarks from those here up at the podium, we will open it up to questions from media members. At the end of the Q&A, for those photographers in attendance, we will have a photo opportunity here at the front of the stage. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Sharks Sports Entertainment President, Jonathan Becker. Thanks, Scott. And good morning, everyone. On behalf of the Sharks sole owner, Hasso Plotner, who unfortunately was unable to join us today due to a prior commitment overseas, I'm extraordinarily pleased to welcome the new general manager of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer. Obviously, the last several years was disappointing for us as an organization. As a result, this GM search was about more than just one single individual. It was the opportunity for a thorough and unbiased analysis of everything in our organization and a chance to set a new path forward, a path anchored on the winning culture that we demand and that our players and our fans have been accustomed to. Before today's announcement, you've seen that we've already started making some changes, and you can expect more changes in the weeks ahead. During my career, I've been fortunate enough to interview and hire many senior executives. And in those searches, there's almost always one attribute that separates the chosen candidate from everyone else. There are many candidates that have talent, many that have experience, and many that want the role. But there are precious few candidates that have the strength of character to lead, not just in good times, but in difficult ones. Mike has consistently demonstrated that strength of character. Mike Greer is a leader. Hasso, Joe, and I had a chance to talk to many talented candidates during the course of this process, all of them for multiple times. Altogether, we put in something like 200 hours in this exhaustive, Mike might say sometimes exhausting, interview process. We did our work. And while we were intrigued and appreciative of many candidates, especially those that ended up being the finalists, 
Mike separated himself from the pack by continued commitment to culture. Culture not just on the ice, but off the ice as well. Mike is a true testament to one of our organization's principles, and that is, say what you mean, and then do what you say. During the course of this GM search, we also had the opportunity to talk to many people around the game of hockey and get their feedback, including several of our distinguished Sharks alumni, some of which are here now. Our alumni were vocal in their support of Mike Greer as a GM, citing his leadership qualities, his work ethic, and his continuous commitment to always be learning. One of the strongest proponents for Mike as a general manager was Chris Jury, the current general manager of the New York Rangers. Chris has known Mike for a long time, as a player, as a coach, and of course, in his last role as part of the Ranger management team, and gave a very strong endorsement, of which we agree. Today starts a new chapter in the history of the Sharks franchise. From my own point of view, as a longtime fan, as a former season ticket holder, and of course, as the team president, I could not be more excited to see the future that Mike leads us into. So Mike, Ann, Jaden, Brooklyn, and Tristan, welcome back to San Jose. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been an enjoyable experience telling staff members, current players, and alumni that Mike Greer is going to be the new GM of the Sharks. Ultimate professional, great leader and teammate, poised and composed, competitor and loves to win, knows the game, amazing family, were just a few of the comments I heard from everyone. Mike's unique journey in hockey is what makes him ready for this opportunity. Mike's 1,060 games played over 15 seasons. It's 258th in the history of the National Hockey League. After he completed playing, he had a talent evaluator to his resume as a scout for the Blackhawks for four years, where he won a Stanley Cup in 2015. Mike groomed his coaching experience starting with prep school, then with the USA Hockey Women's Program, and ultimately back in the National Hockey League with the New Jersey Devils. Mike took this complete background and became a valuable member of Chris Drury's executive team with the New York Rangers this past season, where the team improved 50 points over the previous year and played through the 2022 Eastern Conference Finals. If this all wasn't enough, Mike's exposure to his father and brother's experience in the NFL have shown Mike firsthand what it's like to be a pro sports executive. During this interview process, Mike impressed us immediately with his current thorough knowledge of NHL talent and teams, along with a vision that takes into account all aspects of the game, coaching, scouting, player development, wellness, mental skills, data science, physio training, and contract management. Further, Mike gave us confidence that a capable staff will be put together to help guide his new vision into reality. I can tell you that Mike has already dug in with this draft, free agency, the upcoming coach, coaching hire, 
in the upcoming contractual period. Successful athletes always talk about the great bonds formed on the ice between teammates and the important contributions built off the ice. And as you can see with the alumni here, Mike has a lot of support. When Mike was a player in San Jose, his wife Ann was instrumental in bringing the players' families together. We're looking forward to having the Greer family back in, in San Jose. Congratulations to Ann, Jaden, Brooklyn, and Tristan. And now, I'm extremely pleased to introduce the new general manager of San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer. Thank you. Thanks for everyone coming out here today, staff, media, especially my former teammates. Um, means the world to me that you guys were able to show up and support me today. Thank you. Um, first off, I'd like to thank Mr. Plattner, Jonathan, Joe, and the Sharks organization for this opportunity and for entrusting me to guide this franchise through its next chapter. I'd also like to thank Chris Drury and Ryan Martin with the New York Rangers for their support throughout this process. I'd like to thank my dad, Bobby, and my brother, Chris, as well. Your love and support, wisdom, guidance, have helped me through this process, and I have learned so much from you over the years, not just from a sports perspective, but more importantly, how to treat people. Unknowingly, you have been preparing me for this job since I was about 10 years old. I'd like to thank my family, Jaden, Brooklyn, T-Man, and most of all, Ann. You've been there from the beginning, through the years at BU, through my playing career, the ups and downs, the injuries, the wins and losses, and now you're here again supporting me. You're the best. I love you guys. To the city of San Jose, I'm happy to be back. We're thrilled to be back. It's a place that we always loved from day one, and it holds a special place in our heart. We spent three wonderful years here. Jaden learned to skate here, played some t-ball, and had some uh, interesting flag football games, as you Reach, Reach might remember. Um, my daughter, Brooklyn, she's been uh, my assistant here, my informal assistant. She's had to sit through many of hockey phone calls on her rides home from school and tennis lessons. She was born here, and she's, she's a Cali girl. She's excited to be back. And little T, you'll be a junior shark. I think, see your coach over there. You might have a coach over there in the corner. Scored 50 goals one year. She's not a bad guy. So we love it here. The community welcomed us from day one with open arms. It truly is a great place to live and raise a family. On the ice, I felt nothing but love and support from the best fans in the world from day one. Just thinking about skating through the shark head, especially during playoff time, gives me the chills. The San Jose Sharks are a franchise with a history of success, and I'm looking forward to the challenge of getting this franchise back to its winning ways. 
to all the Sharks fans worldwide, I want you to know that myself and my staff will do everything possible to put a team on the ice that you can be proud of and to bring a cup to the Bay Area. Thank you. All right, at this time, we'll go ahead and take some questions from the media here in attendance. We do have two microphones, one on each side of the uh, aisleway here. So just raise your hand, and one of them will get to you as soon as we can. And if you wouldn't mind, please introduce yourself so that uh, Mike gets to know some of the faces around here. Hi, Mike. Uh, Josh Dubow from Associated Press. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan talked about culture was a big thing with you. How do you define culture, and, and what do you do as a GM to sort of establish the culture you want here? Uh, for me, culture is... It's not words. You know, you can go through the sports team's locker rooms and you see words all over the dressing room. To me, it's, it's about people. It's about investing in people, surrounding yourself with the right people, people who are passionate about their job, who love their job, and are selfless, team-first people. That's what culture means to me. And as a, as a general manager, it's for me to find those types of players on the ice and also surround myself with those type of hockey people in our hockey operations department. Curtis. Mike, hi. Uh, Curtis Michalka from Bay Area News Group. Congratulations on the new job. Thank you. Um, I'm sure you'd like to hit the ground running here. What would you say your top priorities are right now? Uh, well, first off, we're going to head out to Montreal here in a little bit. So it's to dig into the draft, and our scouts have done a good job. I think it's Joe's done an excellent job with both our amateur and pro scouts, keeping them on task, and those guys have been busy putting the work. So my job now is to go in there and listen to what they have to say, maybe make a few suggestions here or there. So the draft's number one. Then we've got free agency coming up. We'll have to dig into that. I think Joe and I have already started on that a bit. And development camp, and then coach you know, we got to get into the coaching search. We've got to find a coach. We've got to start building our hockey operations staff. So there's a lot to do, but mainly the draft and free agency are, are on the top of the list right now. Hey, Mike. Uh, Shang Peng, San Jose Hockey Now. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, can you speak to uh, the coaching search and just uh, how long do you anticipate that taking? Uh, how many sort of candidates do you expect to talk to? Um... Just like Jonathan was with, with this, hopefully not quite as long, but we'll, uh, we'll have a thorough search. Um, I don't really have a timetable on it just because of the, the time of the calendar it is. Like, we, like I just said, we've got to get into the draft and free agency. Those, kind of, those things are taking priority um, so we can get the players we would like or try and get the players we like and start building our prospect pool back up. So um, I don't have a timetable on the coach, but it's definitely something um, starting you know, probably starting today, we'll start, well, I have, we have the list together, but we'll start reaching out and trying to make contact with the people we'd like to speak with. Uh, speaking of the, the coach, I was wondering uh, your opinion of uh, Bob Bugner's performance. You know, he was just uh, let go as Sharks coach uh, last week. Well, I can't really speak to it. I, if you're not here um, around the coach every, on a daily basis and, or, or or part of the, the management team and things like that. I can't really speak to, to Bob as a coach, to be honest with you. I'm, I, I don't want to lie to you and try and make something up. I don't really know too much about him on that, on that subject. Paul? 
Uh, congratulations, Mike, uh, for making some history again. You're no stranger to history. Um, welcome to San Jose. Um, now that you look at the team, uh, where do you feel there's a greatest opportunity uh, to improve the team, whether it's defense, uh, goaltending, or the offense, given your style of hockey? Well, I think there's, I think we can improve it in every facet, to be honest with you. There's some pieces on the roster that we like, that we like to build around, but I think um, overall, there's not, not one spot in particular I think needs work. I just think the roster, we need to keep working on the roster and trying to keep better, get better as a, as a team. Michael? All right, Michael Robertson, African-American athlete. All right, congratulations on a pioneering uh, scenario here. Um, are you at least cognizant of what the perception is to a certain extent here with what happened with Evander? And of course, what happened with the uh, Barracuda with a player set of racial epithet. So is that something that you're thinking about coming in with this pioneering moment that you just accomplished today? Uh, thank you. Um, it's not something I'm, I'm overly thinking about. I think for me, I want to work someplace where I feel passionate about, um, that I'm surrounded by good people. So I'm confident with talking to um, Mr. Platner and Jonathan and Joe and knowing some of the staff that have been here before, um, I don't see any issues with it. It's a place that I, I want to be, my family wants to be, so it's not something that I've I'd given too much thought into. You know? Um, I've been a fan of the Sharks from the first day, and at one time they had a, quite a bit of number of outstanding players from Russia. Since now Russian athletes are not welcome, do you see this as a problem? Um, I don't see it as a problem. I think it's something we'll have to address as, um, as an organization. Um, I don't ever want to close the door on, on the kids and make them pay the price for something that's happening in their, in their country that, you know, 99% of them have no control over what's happening to them, right? And, you know, we don't want to cross them off the list or say they're bad people or this or that. We like they're a good play, good person and a good player you know I think we're open to giving them an opportunity and like I said it's these kids like a lot of people in this conflict are kind of stuck in the middle and paying the price for other people's actions Marco uh, Marco Ekolovich Bay Area Sports Rap uh, good morning Mike and congratulations again on getting this position here for the Sharks thank you would you be open to having a rebuilding process with this team for the next couple of years, getting what the salary cap thing is, it's been having it being so low that it is, and that this team doesn't have that much cap room. Would you be open to that idea? Well, I don't think we're we're not looking to tear this down like Arizona or some teams have done in the past. Um, yes, there's some challenges with the salary cap, but I think the majority of the league is dealing with the flat cap, and and they have their issues. So for us, um, we're not looking to rebuild, but you know, Jonathan said it at, at dinner once. There, there's a lot of R words you can use. Um, but for us, there might be a few bumps in the road ahead, and maybe we got to step back a little bit to go forward. But we're going to try and get better and try and make the roster better every day. The goal is to win here. I'm a competitive person, same as Jonathan and Joe and Hasso. Like, the goal is to win. So we're going to try and put the most competitive team we can out in the ice and do what we think is right by the organization to just keep getting better and better.
in the back on the riser. Yeah, Mike, congratulations. Dustin Dorsey with ABC7 News. Uh, obviously, what's your pride level in being the first African-American general manager? And, and on top of that, you know, someone has to be the first, but what do you hope this does for diversity in the league going forward? Um, I mean, I'm, it's something I'm extremely proud of. Um, since my playing days, the league itself has, has gotten more and more diverse. There's more black players in the league and minorities in the league. There's more women and minorities in front office and scouting and coaching positions. So um, from my standpoint, I'm, I, that's something that I'm happy to see and exciting to see. Um, and for me, I, you know, my job is to do the best I can for the San Jose Sharks organization. And if I do that, hopefully it opens the door to, to give other opportunities to other minorities to, to get in front office positions and, and maybe lead a team down the road as well. Josh. Mike, how much, um, you talked a little bit about your, your brother and dad. How much do you, do you lean on them? Obviously, different sports, but you know, similar types of jobs. How much do you lean on them? Are there lessons you've learned from Chris, especially with the situation he, he got into in Miami and sort of having to rebuild a team there and how he's done with that? Yeah, I lean on them quite a bit. Um, you know, there's a, a wealth of knowledge there with those two. Um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I told my dad about the job, you know, he went right into the mode of giving me tips and advice. So... Um, but I, I talk to them a lot, and my, like you were saying, my, my brother's recently been through this with the Dolphins where, you know, he made some decisions to, to move, on some play, move on from some players to be better in the future, and he's turned that team around in about four years where now, you know, I think they're, they're a contender. They got talent all over the field, so it's something we've talked about, and you know, growing up, we talked about the challenges of building rosters and things like that. At dinner, would be, I'd want to talk football, they'd want to talk hockey. So um, I lean on them a lot. They got a lot of a different perspective because of sports, but I definitely lean on them a lot and, and, and trust their input. Shane. Sure. Mike, can you speak to some of the tips that you may have received from your father or from Chris in terms of the inter GM interviewing process? Uh, well, I think the main thing was to be to be yourself, um, you know, you don't want to go somewhere and be phony and then you get on the job and they're, and they're you know, Jonathan's calling Joe like, this, this isn't what we signed up for. So trying to be open and honest, be myself, um, have a vision, be clear about your vision and, and when, you, when you come to your, how you want to, how your vision wants to go, stick, stick to your process. But for the main thing was to, to be myself. And I also want to ask you about a couple of the challenging cap situations that you do have uh, very, uh, looming. Uh, you know, right now we're in the buyout window and also to obviously the Vander Kane grievance. Uh, can you speak to uh, any of that, any kind of, um, you know, resolutions or, you know, uh, thoughts about either of those situ situations? Um, no, I don't really have anything on the, on the specific players or buyouts or things like that. That's something we'll talk about as a, as a uh, management group. And, and make the decisions we need to make. Yeah, there's some challenges there, but you know, I'm not going to discuss what we what we're thinking with the players um, at this point. Curtis, Mike, what do you want the identity of the Sharks to be? Um, tenacious, highly competitive, in your face, fast, hard to play against team. I think that's what you see when you watch the playoffs. That's what win, wins in this league, and you know that's what we we hope to be. 
Question for Jonathan. When did you finalize this decision? This weekend. Over the holiday weekend. Michael in the back. Okay, Michael Robertson again. Um, are you, have you had any kind of contact with Willie O'Ree or Val James since they both had significant moments? Uh, Willie O'Ree being the first black player and then Val being the first American-born black player. So as an American-born black player and now GM, have you had any contact with those guys? And do you understand the magnitude of your connection with them? Um, I definitely do. Um, I, haven't, I haven't talked to those, um, those guys in quite a while. I was very fortunate when I was playing and a few years post-playing is to have a good relationship with Willie. He was always great with me, and I enjoyed working with him and all. His, whenever he came to Boston um, and did his clinics there, I'd go and help try and help him out there. And He'd show up at ice hockey in Harlem and I, when we played there and some things in Detroit. So Willie's great. I always tell people the energy and the passion and love he has for this game of hockey, is, it's remarkable. Um, you know, he never slows down. Even as he gets older, he's still going 100 miles per hour out there. But um, to your question, I haven't talked to them recently, but um, being able to share moments with Willie and talk with him during those camps and clinics was something that it meant the world to me. He's, um, you know, he's a great, great man, and if anyone who loves hockey, he's definitely someone you should try and get a, get a chance to sit down with and have a conversation with. So I know with our condensed timing of this announcement and the NHL draft coming up, we do have some media who was not able to attend today. I believe we have some yeah. questions that are submitted via Zoom that uh, Dylan will offer here uh, to our panel. So this is from Neil Boudet with the New York Times. For Mike, what was it about your parents or father that produced general managers for two pro franchises? Um, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to call the old man. But he's. Uh, I don't know. I think the main thing my father I think instilled in us was his work ethic and and the time he put in. He often would be off to work before we left for school, and sometimes he wouldn't get home till after dinner or when we were ready to get in bed. So, just the time and effort it took and. His belief that, you know, you treat people the right way. If you want to have a winning franchise, it, it starts with how you treat people. And his ability to never leave a stone unturned. Like he would stay up to all hours and go go scout wherever it took, whatever whatever needed to be done to, to get the job done. So um, I think those are things I think Chris and I both learned from him. And, you know, I think, you know, my mom was... She was very instrumental in in the character, the character that that we have as well. So, and another question from Neil: Besides Drury, several other BU teammates are in the NHL: John Hines, Jeff Kielty, Jay Pandolfo. Until recently, what was it about those BU teams or the atmosphere that produced this crop of hockey minds? Well, it all starts with Coach Parker. Um, you know, he was the leader of those teams. He believed in a team first, very unselfish group, but he pushed everyone to be the best version of them, themselves you could be. He believed in all of us. He held us accountable. And I think, I think we all learned from that. We learned uh, through the ups and downs, from the wins and losses. And it's just the culture he built there was, was unbelievable. And the story I would, I've told Jaden's team and Tristan's team is 
the year we won the national championship, we lost the year before in the finals, and we came back, and every, no one complained. We had Chris Drury on the fourth line. You know, you guys, all, everyone knows the career he had. He was on the fourth line, never said a word. Jay Pandolfo was on the third line, two-time Stanley Cup winner, never said a word. No one ever complained about their ice time or, or was looking for credit or, or put blame on everyone. Everyone just did their, did their job and pulled on the rope the same way. So that's a testament to Coach Parker and probably all why we took those lessons and probably why we all have been able to advance in hockey. From Aaron Scholl with the Fin Factor, Mike, congratulations on being the next GM of the Sharks and breaking barriers in the NHL. What do you consider the biggest challenge you will be taking on in the coming months before the season starts? Um, well, I think the biggest challenge is probably trying to gain a little bit of cap flexibility and getting into the process where we are now where you know, we're up against the clock with the draft and free agency and, and things like that. So I just think that's the challenge of, of just trying to get everything in order as quickly as possible, but still doing it the right way and being thorough. So I think mainly that kind of the time, the time squeeze, but it's all a challenge and all everything I'm looking forward to. From Ken Campbell, how much does it mean to be the first black general manager in NHL history? And for Jonathan Becker, how much does it mean to the organization to make this kind of historic hiring? Sure, you can go. So, um, we hired the best general manager available. Mike just happens to be black. The focus was on finding the best candidate for the job. Having said that, it's great. It's part of our pioneering spirit, which is get the most out of everybody, expand the sport. San Jose is a very culturally diverse area as well. So I hope you do serve as an inspiration to lots of people and that I hope you're the first, but certainly not the last. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot to me. It's, um, you know, it's not something I take lightly. Um, I, I realize there's a responsibility that comes, comes with the territory, but, you know, I'm, I'm up for it and how I carry myself and, and how the organization carries themselves, I think it'll be, we'll do well and hopefully leave a good footprint and open some doors for, for someone to follow. From Teal Town, USA, for Mike, can you tell us anything you might have learned as a Sharks player from Doug Wilson with your, as your general manager? Learned as, as a general manager or? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Doug, I thought he, one of the things I, I remembered when I came here is he was, he just loved the organization. He was very passionate about it and he wanted, he wanted players who wanted to be here. Um, and I think that makes a difference and that's something I, I, I carry with me. You know, I want, I want people and players who, who want to be part, part of the Sharks organization and want to be here to build something and, and be there at the end of the line when, when we get there. And another question from Neil. What thoughts come back to you when you think of being a walk-on at BU? You weren't guaranteed to make your college team and all these later, years later, you're named the general manager of an NHL franchise. Well, it's, um, well, for me, it's the lesson is, you know, if you look at college athletics a little bit, it's or even youth sports or whatever it may be, people are seem to be looking for the easy way out or, you know, the grass is greener somewhere else. So the lesson I learned, I, I got there and, you know, I was a pretty good player going in and 
I was basically told that the first four games of the season I wasn't going to play, which has never happened to me in my life. I never, I didn't really know what to do, but I rolled up my sleeves, worked harder, practiced harder, put the time in the, in, in the gym, and was just determined to win, win my spot back or win a spot in the lineup. And, you know, once I got in the lineup, I wasn't going to let anyone take, take my spot. So um, I think that's just it. It's, you know, maybe things aren't going your way, but put in the work. Don't run from the challenge. And, um, you know, if you do that and believe in yourself, you'll eventually get to where you want to get. Any other questions from here in the audience? Do one more with Shang. I just had a, a couple for Joe and Jonathan. Uh, first, uh, Joe, uh, based on your card, uh, you've returned to assistant general manager. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as, as of uh, today. <laughs> and uh, just a general question for Joe or Jonathan. Um, can you speak to some of the, I guess, the larger requirements uh, that you know eventually kind of uh, directed you guys uh, to Mike and also the other finalists for the position? Joe, you want to start? Yeah, I think it was just uh, you know how many how many boxes could everybody check? Uh, you know, everybody has their competencies in in particular areas, but with with Mike, what was so attractive is is you know just a, truly was a player here, um, played so long in the league. He's he's been around the NHL for for twenty five years, and uh, uh, and from scouting, you know, he's been in the trenches. He's been in the trenches of coaching. You know, pretty much any staff member uh, here, any player, he can look at and say, "I've been there. I've done that." You know, and that's, uh, you know, that was really, uh, to me, what what really set him apart from everybody else is just uh, everything that he's done over his career and done it with with honesty and integrity and and hard work. And uh, uh, we're just so pleased to have somebody that checks so many boxes and is so competent and so many areas and he knows so many people in the game as well too so I think when it comes to filling out a staff or, or finding uh, uh, you know backgrounds on people everything else he's so well connected and that's that's a huge advantage I'll add to that um, so there are tons of people out there with good hockey IQ there were lots of candidates including all of our finalists there were I mentioned it in my opening remarks there were less that had the leadership quality the ability to really scout talent to think about how to formalize player development in a way more formal than maybe we've done in the past as well. Um, and I've seen you and other people speculate that uh, being a past Sharks player was one of our criteria. It was not. That wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> fair <Just> enough. <laughs> uh, it is a happy accident. that uh, Not an accident. I mean, it is great that Mike knows San Jose as a kid who was born here, has some connections to the city. That's that's a nice ad. That was never a requirement. In fact, uh, some of our finalists did not have that connection with San Jose whatsoever, but they were willing to put down roots here as well. But more than anything else, the breadth of experience, not being as one-dimensional, having it from a player, from a scout, from a coach, from hockey manager, having seen the game from literally every point of view, he's essentially the most balanced of them. And uh, one more for uh, Joe and Jonathan. Uh, the General track for Angel GM is assistant general manager experience. So what about Mike? Uh, you know, transcends that. Well, I think you know, with talking with Chris Drury, I knew everything that he counted on uh, from Mike, and and it was all the duties of an assistant GM. So it was, 
you know, his title was an advisor, but he was doing the duties of an assistant GM. And again, uh, the experience at uh, all the different levels within there, they touched so many boxes of, of what an assistant general manager does. And, and the number of years that he's actually been working in hockey, uh, the experience is, you know, was quite high, actually. All right, I think that's going to wrap us up here for the question and answers. I want to thank everybody again for attending today. Congratulations to Mike. Uh, we do have a uh, presentation here uh, from Jonathan and Joe to Mike, so if the still cameras want to come forward and take these seats up front so you don't block the cameras in the back, we will uh, move forward with that. Thank you, everybody. Mike Greer, named the fifth general manager in the history of the San Jose Sharks. Jonathan Becker, president of the team. And Joe Will, assistant general manager, presenting him with a Sharks jersey, a teal jersey, the name Greer on the back nameplate, and the number 22, signifying that the year that he has been named general manager. Our coverage is going to continue here on the Sharks Audio Network with our special program today. With Mike Greer being named general manager, we had the opportunity to sit down with Mike and have an exclusive interview. That'll be coming up next, and after that, we'll talk to President Jonathan Becker and Assistant General Manager Joe Will. So stay tuned for more coverage. This is the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. It's my pleasure to welcome the new General Manager of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer, to the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Mike Congratulations on the opportunity. What does it mean to you to become a general manager in the National Hockey League? Thanks, Dan. Well, I'm super excited. It's almost hard to put words into words. It's something I've I've always wanted to do, and to be able to do it in, with the Sharks is it means the world to me and my family. It's a place I loved playing. I have a lot of passion for the community and, and the franchise. So to get this opportunity, it's a it's unbelievable. Over the three years you played for the Sharks, you were just a really important player. We're in some crazy playoff mm-hmm. series. Any special memories as a player that, that you can recall that are that are special for uh, you? Well, we had a lot of we had a lot of good memories. Um, we probably didn't do as well, quite as well as we wanted to. Um, one of them probably would be Patrick Miller's overtime goal in uh, in Nashville, Game One, where. You know, we were feeling good about ourselves, but we let the game kind of get away from us a little bit, but battled back to tie it up, and then Riz won it in overtime. So that's that's one of the games that I'll always remember. Yeah, I remember that too because Riz gave away the puck earlier in the game, <laughs> and he came right. back scored the game winner. That's right. Uh, yeah. Lots of ups and downs. You were part of that four-overtime game against the Dallas Stars. Uh, the last series you had for the Sharks was against Anaheim, but that was all building blocks for for what uh, became a management career that uh, now culminates in this opportunity with the San Jose Sharks. But I want to go through the journey a little bit. After your career ended, you did some work with uh, the place you did. Uh, you played hockey at in school, St. Sebastian's, and uh, coached a couple of teams in Boston, but very slowly started to get back into the game. Tell us about the, just that evolution and, and how it got you back. Yeah, I took once I retired, I took a little time off to, to spend time at home and help out at home and, and be a dad. and. Then I, from there I went, I was an assistant coach at St. Sebastian School for four years and coached my son's team and, you know, the, the hockey itch and the competitiveness started to, you know, started to come back and the fire started burning and got a job scouting with the Blackhawks, doing some amateur and pro scouting. I, I got to give them a lot of, um, you know, credit for believing in me and they gave me a lot of responsibility to be involved in, 
amateur things and be involved in the draft and, and free agency and do some stuff on the pro side as well. So I really appreciate what they did for me. And from there, I, I did some stuff with the women's national team, helping them get ready for the 2018 uh, Winter Games and some evaluation and scouting for the players um, for that team. And then luckily for me, I t got a job with the Devils and kind of got me back into the into the NHL. Coached there for two years and I, I really enjoyed it, built some good relationships. And But I always, in the back of my mind, I always knew I wanted to get into management and front office. And Chris Jury, you know, he hired me as soon as he got the job and I dove in and he was great with me. You know, he had me involved in pretty much every every part of the organization, every meeting, all the decisions. So um, I owe him a lot, and I really enjoyed working for him in, in the Rangers. And all this has kind of led me to where I am today. And we can't forget the fact that uh, management in professional sports is kind of in your family. Your dad, Bobby, was an NFL player personnel director, and your brother, Chris, is currently the general manager of the Miami Dolphins in the National Football League. Uh, how much of what they've experienced uh, helps you in terms of understanding what the day-to-day -day operations of being a GM is like? Oh, it's huge. I think um, we always would talk at the dinner table, talk. I'd always want to talk football. They'd always want to talk hockey. But we've talked a lot about, you know, building rosters and player development, you know, what guys, what they didn't like, what they do like you know, how to treat people and just their general views on how to run an organization. So for me, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that background and that knowledge and wisdom that they passed on to me. And um, I don't even think they realize it, but they've, were kind of helping groom me for this role unknowingly. Also, when you were scouting in Chicago, you really got down to the building blocks of what's really needed to bring talent into the organization. What's your philosophy on that? Um, for me, I think you got to find good people, and whether that's, you know, in the hockey ops department or on the ice, it's finding good people who have passion and love to play the game, um, highly competitive people. I, th I believe if you're a competitive person, then you know if you you'll have your flaws, but you'll work to get better. So hardworking, competitive, passionate players are, is what we're looking for, and. You know, try and bring in, bring as many of those as I can into the organization. How do you assess where the Sharks are right now? Um, I mean, it's kind of hard from the outside. I think you don't really truly know until you're in the grind and in the in the battle with the players and around them day to day. But I think it's been a couple of years of up and, that they've been up and down and probably haven't met the expectations that that they've had for themselves and. But some of that's just a cycle of sports. They've had such a long run of being successful and being a cup contender that, you know, eventually at, at some point it, the bill comes due. And that uh, is where you come in, of course, and the staff that you're going to assemble. If you were to try to uh, put uh, into really short phrases what a San Jose Sharks player has to be like in order to play for you, like what attributes does he have to have? Uh, tenacious, hardworking, good teammate, passionate. Competitive, I think for me those are the foundation of the players that I want and the players that I'm looking for. And I think if you watch the finals and watch the playoffs this year, I think you know that's what that's what stands out when you watch the teams that were able to advance in the playoffs. You obviously got a lot of work to do between now and the start of the season. You have some scouts uh, to add to the organization. You have uh, a coach that you have to hire. What are you looking for in a head coach? Um, you know, someone that. 
sees the game similar to me, but also has their own opinion on how the game should play, so we can figure out together what's best. But basically, I'm looking for someone who's got you know good, strong communication skills, wants to play a, a fast, up-tempo game, and um, can build relationships not only with me but with the players. I think that's a that's a big part of it is is communication. So communication will be a strong point, but someone who wants to play a, an up-tempo, fast competitive hard game. As somebody who played at BU, you got to have at least a, a nice flag out for the fact that John McCarthy, who has all those mm -hmm. qualities, is going to be the head coach of the San Jose Barracuda. Is he pretty much uh, the type of guy that, uh, that you want in teaching your young kids? Absolutely. Uh, Johnny's known him for quite some time and he's definitely the person. He's detailed, he's hardworking, he's smart, he's dedicated, he's passionate. I think our prospects and, and uh, players down there are going to be in great hands with him. He's, he loves his job, he takes it seriously, and he wants what's best for the players. So at the end of the day, they're going to get the best coaching and development around, and uh, I think we're very fortunate to have him. You've also got this staff that has been great support for the team. Joe Will, assistant general manager, part of the process to get you here, and uh, also your training staff and a, and a group of other people that have been around the team a long time mm -hmm. that you know. How comforting is it to, to have that already in place? Oh, it is a great deal. It means, uh, makes my life easier. You know, you come in there and see some familiar faces and people that you enjoy being around and spending, spending time with. And I think that's a big part. We're going to have to put a lot of work in, a lot of time together. And, you know, you want to be around people that you know and you enjoy and, and like working with. So just have those guys here and, you know, it made the, you know, part of the decision to come here that much easier. One thing that is also notable, obviously, this is a historic hire. You're the first black American to be named the general manager of a National Hockey League franchise. What does that mean to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important for sure. It's, uh, you know, whenever these things happen in, in sports and in life, it's, it's, uh, it's a big moment and I'm proud of it and hopefully I can do well and hope, hope, help open the doors for other minorities to get into front office positions. I think, um, you know, hockey since I played is getting more and more diverse, not only on the ice, but off the ice. There's more, you know, blacks and minorities and women involved in scouting and coaching and front office positions. So it's good to see. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud. And like I said, hopefully I can do a good, a, a good job. So, you know, there, there's more to follow. Up-tempo and tenacious hockey, that uh, basically spells your career, and you say that's the way you want the San Jose Sharks to play. Um, what do you expect in your first season, how, how, the ups and the downs that always come whenever there are changes? Right, I think it's definitely, um, I don't think it's going to be, I'm not expecting smooth sailing. I think there'll be some highs and some lows, but I expect the team to, to play hard and to compete every night. And, um, you know, if they do that, I, at the end of the day, regardless of the wins or losses, you know, we, we, we can't be upset with it. So an honest effort and show up every, every day to the rink to play and, you know, we'll take our lumps and, and move forward. What about the sense that uh, you're part of a long-standing Sharks family? That's the way it always has been in San Jose, that anybody who wears that sweater is obviously a shark for life. And how uh, does that help in terms of your family readjusting to coming back into the game here? Yeah, it's, it was a, it's a great community. They welcomed us from, from day one and you know, even now, uh, today, once kind of the news started to break, you know, people, old teammates and things like that started to reach out. So it really is a family environment and it's a place that, you know, we enjoyed being. And I think anyone who comes and plays here 
really loves it. So it's, uh, we're happy to be back. Any final message to Sharks fans that are listening to this? Um, you know, stick with us. It's, uh, I know it's been a bumpy few years, but we're going to get this thing turned around and, and put a product on the ice that you'll, you'll be proud of and happy to watch. Well, we're proud to have you here. Congratulations and welcome. Yeah, thank you. Mike Greer, general manager of the San Jose Sharks, joining us in an exclusive interview for the Sharks Audio Network. And when we come back, we will talk to assistant general manager, Joe Will. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Welcome back to SAP Center at San Jose. The Sharks have historically made an amazing choice. Mike Greer, the new general manager of the Sharks, and joining me right now for our first reaction is the assistant general manager of the San Jose Sharks, Joe Will. Joe, you were directing a lot of the activity in the search, and uh, you deserve a lot of credit for all of the behind-the-scenes work that you've done. Just give us your thought on uh, on the final choice and, and the fact that all of that work is finally completed. Well, it's... It was quite the process. I mean, during the process, we we learned a lot about a lot of very quality people and, and candidates, and we learned a lot about uh, what they thought of our franchise. and And I'm so glad we we went through it. You know, our our eyes were open on some some things that we weren't aware of, and other things that just uh, really, um, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, told us what we already knew and and you know but throughout the process and and narrowing down candidates and getting down to the final few it was just so evident with Mike that he checked so many of the boxes um especially experience wise it's it's interesting uh he he doesn't have like a a uh, one-stop uh, experience level of where it was just an assistant general manager for a set amount of years. He did it a different way by playing for 15 seasons, by scouting for four seasons, by being an assistant coach for some seasons, and then ultimately now with the Rangers just being a, a, a you know trusted advisor to Chris Drury. And, you know, all that uh, uh, together, it was such a high experience level and, and you know, it just made so much sense for us. One thing when you go through a process like this, it has to be exhaustive. You have to make sure you get the fresh perspective that Jonathan Becker spoke about when it was announced that you were looking for a new general manager. How refreshing was the process? It was very refreshing because it was like, as we said in the beginning, it's how we put this together was to, to, you know, talk to people from all walks of, of hockey, uh, international community, um, you know, former GMs, up and coming GMs, um, you know, people that were, you know, in coaching, uh, people in salary cap, people in scouting, you know, everything else. So uh, looking at our team and looking at uh, candidates from all different uh, uh, aspects, it, it was very helpful, very refreshing. You know, you get kind of caught doing things that, the same way. Um, you know, it's just something that you naturally do. Uh, and, you know, to step back and have, you know, get some outside, uh, you know, influence and, and, and ideas, it, it's going to be very, very helpful. How difficult was the decision to get down to the final group and then to make the final decision? It was difficult. I, you know, I think even of the uh, uh, 12 candidates that we talked to by Zoom, uh, and we talked to them, you know, each probably four to six hours, um, 
there was there weren't any that we wanted to end early and say, well, you know, it's really not worth doing this with them. I, they were they were all quality people and quality candidates, and so um, that part was really good. But then you know, getting to the finalists that that was that was hard. But you know, at the end of the day, it was uh, there were some clear cut lines, and and you know, we got a, a group of finalists at the end that were they were all qualified. There's there are many qualified people for this. Uh, and, and again, as Jonathan said all the way along, it went down to fit. And, you know, Mike checked both boxes of not only being qualified, but a great fit for the club. First of all, he, he was such a respected player and such a respected person, a great family man, his wife, Anne, and the kids, one of whom was born in the San Jose area. Uh, this is another big part of Sharks history that shouldn't be overlooked, the fact that San Jose Sharks hockey has always been a family. Exactly, and that's uh, right away. Mike, uh, you know, is is a huge family man. When when you're talking to him, he's always, you know, doing something with the family, talking about the family, and and not only that, but how much their family invested into San Jose when they were here. And as as he alluded to on the stage, you know, all the all the sports the kids were in, and uh, uh, and everything that Ann did with the players' families and staff families and things like that, and. And that that was another attractive thing too is just that uh, you really need to if you're representing yourself uh, for this organization you're trying to recruit players and have players come into here and and find out the uh, uniqueness and 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 special things about San Jose and the Bay Area uh, you have to live it and and Mike is is willing to live it and he did that when he was here as a player and he's going to do it here again as a general manager his hands are certainly full there's a lot to do in a very short amount of time of course next week you've got the National Hockey league entry draft that's coming up in montreal and so mike will be there with the entire scouting staff that's always an intense period leading up to that where uh, you go over the entire process and uh, that the scouting staff has put together and then you move ahead with your selections you have number 11 and right now you have nine selections in the draft how do you look at the draft this year well, I think the draft is a great opportunity to, is, you know, replenish your cupboards here. You know, 18-year-old players, so it's still going to be a while until we see uh, uh, you know, players coming into here. But, uh, you know, to get some, some prospects and be able to uh, uh, start working on, on, you know, the development camp is going to be next week already, starting on the 11th, to, to get these players, uh, you know, ready as soon as possible. But it, it's something I've enjoyed doing, you know, we... When we got down to the finalists, I, I we could open up when we talked to them about a little bit more because there's so many proprietary things in this game, especially with the the draft and trades and and your own team philosophy. You know, we're talking to uh, candidates from other teams. We kind of have to be careful. We have to find out enough from them about our team, um, you know, to uh, so because they're going to be in, in the most important job in our hockey department. Uh, but yet, you know, we don't want to give them too much information in case they're not hired. So as we got down to the finalists, we, we got a little bit more involved with everybody. And, you know, with Mike, I was already running hypotheticals about the draft. What would you do here? I might not have specific names, but what would you do here? What would you do in free agency? What would you do with contracts? What would you do, you know, with staffing and things like that, too? And so I had an idea of, of 
you know, all the way along about what he wanted to do. And then, you know, um, when uh, Jonathan and Hasso made the decision to uh, hire him this weekend, you know, it was immediately, I think within a couple hours, he called me and then we just had a full briefing of, okay, this is it. Here's exactly where we are right now with the draft, kind of basically handing over the, the torch, you know, and, and here's where we're at with trades. Here's where we're at with free agency and, and everything else. And, and, uh, you know, it was a lot. And as we said, we didn't want to, we never wanted to pause in time because I think it would have just put too much on his plate right now taking over. And, and so we, we wanted to do the things that really needed to be done, but you know, they weren't, they weren't a hard decision and, and leave a lot of the hard decisions for him when he comes in. Well, that's going to certainly be part of it. And uh, I understand, obviously, there, there are always changes every year. You've had some scouts that have been with the organization for a long time, lots of experience, but uh, there may be some injection of some new blood into there, too? Yep, absolutely. And and first thing, we have a couple of scouts uh, who are going to retire. Uh, Brian Gross and Jill Cote have uh, been with us for over 20 years each and done a tremendous job in finding us talent. And, and they're, they're both going to re- retire and my guess is is uh, they'll still be calling with uh, tips on certain players and, and some backgrounds and things like that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I think one of the things you know Mike identified is is just really to uh, double down on player development. Uh, we're very happy about having John McCarthy in there. He's getting close on hiring some coaches. Uh, you know, we're working with Nabby on on goaltending development. Working with Mike Ricci. Um, you know, just trying to put this this all together. But I think Mike has some ideas for a a specific player development department, and as well as for uh, amateur and scouting, uh, amateur and pro scouting to uh, you know kind of divide them up a little bit and and, and bolster them with some uh, personnel. If you don't mind, one of your scouts I'd like to ask about uh, was in Ukraine during the beginning of the conflict. Nikolai Ladigin, who's in charge of scouting in Russia. Can you give us an update on how he's doing and also about just how that's changing because of the situation over there in terms of the scouting? Yeah, he's uh, uh, Nikolai lives uh, in Ukraine and he's scouted the KHL uh, for us for a number of years, done a great job. And uh, uh, Nikolai is right in the heat of the uh, conflict over there right now. Uh, he uh, he was on our Zoom call at uh, 9 a.m. when when Mike uh, called all the staff and spoke with them, and which is great to see. Um, you know, he was trying to see if there was a way to uh, uh, leave and come over for the draft. Uh, that's that's not going to happen. But uh, we talked to talked to him quite often, and and we still, you know, he. Uh, uh, up until the conflict, uh, you know, he, uh, he got to see uh, quite a bit of the KHL and everything else, so he's still involved in this. And it just happens right now is that he's going to have to do a lot of his work by video and by, you know, reaching out uh, arm's length on, on particular things uh, with the conflict. But that's uh, something we'll have to adapt to, much like we did with COVID. One thing that uh, Mike mentioned in the news conference was that he has to look at at salary cap uh, displacement, as it were. Uh, That's going to be one of his big assignments. Is that probably the the, the toughest job that that he has to start? Yeah, I think it is because, you know, it's it's not just us. You you talk to most teams in the league, the salary cap stayed flat uh, uh, through COVID. And, you know, and it just went up one million this year. But that's just a a small percentage compared to how it did in the past. So what you have to do is uh, the salary cap uh, um, uh, limit just staying where it's at and uh, uh, and then just having some uh, you know players on longer term contracts like most other teams it's a challenge you have movement clauses you have longer term and um, you know it's just compounded by the fact that uh, 
uh, that we you know haven't been in the playoffs for three years, so we have to look at all all particular options. Um, you know, having said that, is is there are things you can do. You, you know, ways to to look at maximizing players uh, that that you currently have, and and making sure that they're playing the top of their. Uh, Capability, and that's one of the things we're looking at. It's not, it's not always just about changing out players or shedding this or that. You, what you want to do is maximize the players that you currently have, and then figure out how we can bolster that. And and ultimately, you know, we may need to adjust some things here. But uh, uh, you know, it, it, the first thing you have to do is just maximize everything you have. And you know, coming in with Mike and you know the plans he has with the, a coaching staff and, and and player development department and everything else, I think that's that's step one. Maximizing what we have. It's definitely a new era in the history of the San Jose Sharks, and I'd like to say for sure that you deserve a great deal of congratulations for all of the work that you've done to make this day possible. Joe, thanks a lot for visiting, and we will see you soon. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure. That is Joe Will of the San Jose Sharks, and we will be back with the president of the Sharks, Jonathan Becker, in a moment. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Welcome back to SAP Center at San Jose. I'm Dan Rusinowski. An historic morning in the history of the franchise with the hiring of Mike Greer as the general manager of the Sharks. With that in mind, we welcome the president of the organization, Jonathan Becker, to our broadcast. And Jonathan, really, this was an exciting day, but it's been a lot of work over the last few months. It has. I think I said during the press conference it was a exhaustive process. At times it felt more like an exhausting process as well, but uh, you put in the work when you want to end up with the best. One of the things that you said at the very start of this was that you wanted a fresh perspective from people that were outside the organization to find out what they thought of who the San Jose Sharks were and where they were going. How much did you learn and how refreshing was it? Yeah, so we've been blessed with having two long-term general managers in our history and two shorter ones as well. So Mike's the fifth general manager. And we've had a lot of staff that have been with us for a long time. You too, Dan. And I think the great part of that is you get into a groove. You know how things operate. It's one of the reasons I was comfortable letting the general manager search go as long as it took necessary to get the right person because I knew the scouts and the team were ready for the draft even without a GM. The problem with that is you typically get in a little bit of groupthink sometimes as well. You get used to doing things one particular way. And part of this process is getting the outside voices to tell us about what they thought we did well from the outside and what we could improve in. And there were a whole bunch of areas that we learned out about, uh, including a different approach to formalizing player development. Um, we've kept the CUDA and the Sharks a little bit more separate over time, even though for many years they played in the same building. And we want a stronger connection between those. We want uh, people that are responsible for drafting and people who are responsible for developing and people who are responsible for coaching. We also need a more diverse uh, set of voices here in San Jose as well. So it was a fascinating process. And we love learning how other teams are run as well, even if we didn't end up using people from those other teams. A big part of our theme of this discussion is going to be the future for the Sharks organization, what visions that we have uh, for the organization to develop. And I'm hearing some of that in that last comment. Let's talk about Tech CU Arena, where the Barracuda are going to call their home. How exciting is that to finally have that coming to fruition in the fall? Yeah, I don't know if the excitement will come through and through the microphone or not. But for those of you who haven't driven by 10th Street and seen the construction there, it will be, and of course I'm biased, the nicest arena in the AHL. Um, but it's not necessarily just about the, the majesty that is the new building. It is, we're setting a statement that San Jose is a hockey town. And by a hockey town, we want the Barracuda to have their own location with the associated lockers and ice time as well. 
but we're also building a fifth rink, which is for public skates as well, because frankly, we're under iced in Northern California. We don't have the benefit of some places in Canada back east where our ponds freeze over in the backyard. So this is only a first step. We actually want to grow more ice rinks around Northern California as well. There's a not so subtle rumor that we're trying to get into Gilroy and the city council recently approved the next step in that as well. We're not done there. We'd like to build many more rinks beyond the Gilroy rink as well because 30 some years ago when you and others first helped launch this franchise, we were a non-traditional hockey market. We're no longer a non-traditional hockey market. This hockey runs deep here, but we don't necessarily have, have all the coaches for young kids. We don't necessarily have all the structure. We don't have as many teams. We have a gigantic adult hockey league. We need to grow the youth hockey as well. So I'd like this to be known can't use the term hockey town because that's already used by another city, but I'd like to grow the sport here as well. And Mike's hiring. His vision is to help grow the sport as well. And of course, to win. But this is about hockey in the Bay Area, not just about the Sharks. Well, he's really involved with the community and he always has been. When he was a Sharks player, he was. He and his wife, Ann, uh, were, were intimately involved with a lot of different projects the Sharks Foundation did. Exactly. But, but beyond that, he started his coaching career coaching at St. Sebastian's, which is a prep school in New England that's produced many hockey players, a great program. But he went back there after his career was ended to spend more time with his family, maybe help coach his son, but but also to, to get down to the nuts and bolts of things. And he did that and scouting too. Don't you think that really bodes well for the future here? Well, in fact, one of the things that stood out with Mike compared to some other is not just his hockey smarts, because lots we talk about hockey IQ a lot and lots of people have hockey IQ, but his ability to take complex situations and break them down into smaller things and say, if we do this, then this is likely to happen, which will cause that to happen as well. And that's because he's very hands-on. As you said, he's not just been a player, but he's a player that's been a scout. He's a scout that's been a coach. He's a coach that's been an uh, assistant GM, even though he didn't have that title. He sat in that role as well. And so he's really seen our game from every perspective imaginable. Now, officially as a GM, I think every perspective. But he doesn't do it from a surface level. Just like he was, for those of you that have seen him play the game, which is one of the hardest working guys, willing to go in the corner, yeah, through a hip check or so. Hopefully he doesn't do that when we're discussing draft picks, etc. He's a man willing to roll up his sleeves and do the detailed work. Pioneering is something that the Sharks want to do in all areas of the sport. And of course, there's an element of pioneering in the fact that he's the first black general manager in the history of the National Hockey League. What are your thoughts on that, about the diversity and inclusion movement that the Sharks have participated in, in their business operations, and what that bodes for the future? So I said earlier, we want to grow the game of hockey. And Silicon Valley is a very cultural, diverse, and it is true, the roots of this game have not necessarily always appealed to everyone. It's an expensive game to play. Not everyone grew up in an area where there is hockey. And so I'll be clear, we hired the best general manager for the San Jose Sharks. He ends up being black. Um, we didn't hire him because of that, but that is a nice attribute. It is consistent with our desire to, as you said, pioneer to break boundaries, to grow the sport in areas that it may not have been traditionally as well. But more than anything else, it's indicative of our idea of let's not be constrained by traditional ways of thinking. When we went out and looked for a GM, there's an obvious list of five, six, ten people that everyone talk about. We may have talked to one of the, or two of those people, but the vast majority of people in our list would have been first-timer GMs. And yes, Mike is black. Yes, he's a first-timer GM. But he has a mindset where he wants to grow. He wants to try new things. He wants to be experimental. And that's the important part of that, which is as we grow, 
we have to try new things. We're visiting with President Jonathan Becker of the San Jose Sharks today. The Sharks hired Mike Greer as the fifth general manager in the history of the franchise. And Jonathan, we're going into another area that also pertains to the business side for the Sharks, and that is the vision that you see for where the organization is going on that side of things. Yeah, so you used the term pioneering a few minutes ago. I'll say we are going to try a lot of things. Some of them will work out well. Some of them will experiment and then decide that was not a very good experiment. So you've already started to see some of those changes. We're the first and I think still only NHL team to accept cryptocurrency. Um, so for those of you that aren't worried about holding your crypto, we'll be happy to accept it for season tickets or sponsorships or things as well. We are experimenting with uh, our mobile app and growing it as well. So you can do payments through the app as well. When we went uh, for cashless, we decided to build a reverse ATM. So now you can have a debit card at no cost to you as opposed to other places where you can exchange your cash. And that debit card doesn't just work in our business, but works throughout uh, anywhere you want to use a debit card. You'll start seeing us doing more with the underlying technology behind crypto, the blockchain. Non-fungible uh, tokens. Uh, in fact, that was NFTs is in fact way to go. But we'll have a little bit of a different twist on that, which is... We'll do it as to prove that you were there during iconic moments. Um, for everyone that's uh, loved hanging around with Timo uh, and his five-goal outburst earlier in the season, uh, that night there were somewhere between eleven and 12,000 people in the building. When I talked to, there was like 25,000 people that say they actually saw that as well. So back in the days when you and I grew up, we had our physical card that we can show it. So now you'll have a digital way of proving that you're in the business as well. And so we have some fun stuff in tap when we reopen the doors in October. What about the whole uh, story of COVID and, and where we are with that? Um, well, I'm not an epidemiologist, so uh, there are some that are still saying we're going to see a fifth or sixth or whatever wave as well. But I think we're mostly through all that. Um, based on talking to city and county, I don't think there will be any restrictions for us to operate under COVID. Uh, it looks like we'll have more player access like we did pre-COVID. I think more and more people will talk about PC, the pre-COVID era, more than anything else. Um, having said that, uh, we are still sterilizing the business building. We still have the enhanced air exchange to move things in and out. Um, we won't require vax cards, et cetera. The people are still want to show up with masks. They're encouraged as well. It's probably still early with three or maybe even four months to go before the puck drops on the seasons to say exactly what the restrictions will be. But it looks like it'll be mostly a COVID-free environment. When the puck does drop, it will drop in Prague, Czech Republic, or Czechia, as some people call it. Indeed. How exciting is that for the organization? What does it mean to the team to be recognized by the NHL and asked to be one of the clubs that represents the league going into Europe this year? So I should say playing more internationally has been high on my personal wish list, and I may have put that request in front of the league on multiple times since I joined as well. It's been 12 years since we went to Germany and to Sweden. Um, this is... The next time, but it certainly will not be the last. We're already back into the queue asking to go back again. Won't be the following year as well, but it's fantastic. Um, we have many Czech players in our history. Of course, maybe most famous is Tomáš Hurdle, of course, and having him be able to play in his homeland is a delight for him as well. But many fans have already signed up to join us uh, at the game, either in Germany or the two Czech as well. But as we try to grow the game, increasingly growing the game will not just be in North America. It'll be in Europe. Maybe eventually in South America. I can imagine us playing in Asia at some point in the future as well. So 
it's an exciting moment for sharks. And for those of you that will be there or will listen on the Sharks Audio Network or on the broadcasts, look forward to seeing you. We certainly do. And, of course, the 91 Club is part of all of that, an opportunity for people to follow the club away from San Jose. Exactly. In fact, the 1991 Club, for those of you that may not already be a member, is designed with special purpose content for those of you that may not live in San Jose or the surrounding area, maybe love the Sharks, one of the players on the Sharks, but haven't had a chance to actually see us in person. Uh, so we are enhancing the 1991 club this summer. Yeah, I won't give you a sneak preview just yet. We'll actually save that for later in the summer. And uh, uh, I encourage you to sign up, do a little bit of a trial, and become a member. Jonathan, any final thoughts about uh, the historic nature of today's announcement and what it means for the future? You know, I said earlier in the press conference of the, the GM search was more than just one person. It was a chance for us to do an honest and unbiased assessment of where we are as an organization, what needs to change. We made some changes before this GM. This isn't the last thing we'll do. This is the beginning of some changes, not the end. And I'm very excited for Mike. And as a long-term fan myself, I can't wait to see what he does and helps lead us into the next generation. Jonathan, thanks for your time. It's a pleasure as always, Dan. Jonathan Becker, the president of the San Jose Sharks, and we'll return in just a moment. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. I'm Dan Rusinowski here at SAP Center at San Jose. An exciting day for the franchise. Mike Greer is the fifth general manager in the history of San Jose Sharks hockey. Joining me now is my colleague on NBC Sports California, does the play-by-play there for Sharks Television, Randy Hahn. Randy, this is uh, something we haven't been through very often over the course of the history of the San Jose Sharks. As I mentioned, five general managers, but uh, we haven't had this happen in 19 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, Doug Wilson had a tremendous run, which kind of goes against the way things work in the NHL. Not too many people are in the same position for the length of time that that Doug was. Uh, so it's uh, it's historic in, in a couple of counts. The, you know, the franchise being, what, 31 going on 32 years old now to have only had four general managers and one for such a long stint. To have a fifth is history in itself, but then, of course, for, for Mike Greer to become the first uh, person of color to assume a, a general manager position in the NHL takes it to a, another whole level of historical significance, not just for our franchise, but for, for the, uh, the NHL and for the game of hockey. I look at it, too, as, as he's been part of the Sharks family before, and obviously that's something that we've always had here, a family atmosphere. He was part of some unbelievable Sharks teams, uh, the one team that went to round two against Detroit in 07, the team that played that four-overtime game against Dallas in 08, and then, of course, the team that won the President's Trophy in 2009. So so he knows, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, where the bodies are buried and how everything works in San Jose. Yeah, I think that's, that's a bonus, and as uh, President Jonathan, Becker said in the uh, news conference, it was not a prerequisite to be the GM, that you had to be a former Shark player. Uh, He said it was just a nice bonus that Mike Greer, who was identified as the best candidate, happened to be a former Sharks player. So that fits nice, but of course Mike played uh, the majority of his NHL career elsewhere, uh, over a thousand games, and uh, ended up on a a Stanley Cup championship team as an executive with the Chicago Blackhawks, um, or a scout as it was in that situation, but he knows the league very well. He's, it's, it's been his life um, for a long, long time, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited for him because what a great opportunity, and to be the first uh, person of color to have the job, he's always going to be the, the initial trailblazer, and, and I think that's important, and that uh, speaks to 
the kind of person he is and uh, uh, to get this job. But I'm excited now for the next step. You know, today it's history, but tomorrow, like, let's get to work here on uh, rebuilding this team and getting this team back into the playoffs and then getting this team on a track to win a Stanley Cup because that truly is what it's all about, and I would be stunned if everybody who interviewed for this job wasn't asked that question. What is your plan to win a Stanley Cup in this city? Uh, that has to be uh, that had to be asked, and uh, I'm excited to, for Mike's vision and to see where we go from here. We will hear a couple of those thoughts from Mike Greer himself in an exclusive interview that I did on the Sharks Audio Network. We'll be replaying that once again here in a couple of minutes, where he talked about uh, being hard to play against, uh, making decisions quickly, and also being a really good teammate. And those are things that, obviously, that we've heard before from a lot of different general managers. But all in all, Randy, I think probably his, his biggest challenge right away, right off the hop, is salary cap management, that he's going to have to... Um, rearrange some of that a little bit in order to to get the players that he wants to sign. He's got a couple of young players. I'm thinking of Mario Ferraro and Timo Meyer, who are approaching or at the end of their contracts. They need to reassess those. And he has uh, some decisions to make with the veteran group as well. Yeah, there's lots on his plate. It probably starts with the draft because that's coming up in a couple of days. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's probably leaving for Montreal later today or tomorrow. Um, so that's number one. And, and his input, I think, will be guarded because he hasn't been through the process of all the scouting that the Sharks um, scouting staff has done and, and assembling their final uh, you know, recommendations and things of that nature. But he certainly uh, would have gone through part of that process with the Rangers. So from another side of the, co- the country, he's he's been involved in that pretty significantly, I would think, as an assistant GM de facto in, in New York, even though that wasn't his um, title. Uh, so he's probably got his, a good handle on what's out there. Um, he certainly is going to be force-fed uh, what the needs for the Sharks are by this organization in the next few days, if he didn't already know what those needs are. And, and, and there's a lot of them, but for me it starts with scoring, because uh, the Sharks were 32nd in 5-on-5 five five scoring this past season, and you, you can only get better from being 32nd. So uh, he's he's got a lot on his plate, as you said, salary cap uh, maneuvers, uh, see if he can free up some space because the cap isn't going up. Uh, at least not for the time being as as the league recovers from COVID um, and the financial ramifications of that. So we're stuck with the number we're at. Um, The Sharks are committed to a lot of players already, uh, and they do have to make some important decisions like extending Timo, uh, who is going to command a a high salary, obviously, and uh, also extending in some way either bridge-wise or long-term with Mario Ferraro. So, uh, and and those are just the things that come to mind off the top of your head. You know, if if you're trying to remake this situation here and 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 improve it and and improve it quickly there's going to be a lot more moves coming that we don't know about yet uh and uh you know we'll see how how long those take to come to fruition you know i'm sure some of them will be before the season starts and some of them will take place throughout the season leading up to uh, next year's trade deadline but uh He's going to have to roll up his sleeves, Mike Greer, because he does have lots to do here. As we like to say, his life has just ended because he's going to be in that office 24-7 pretty much. The thing about the draft that's interesting is the Sharks don't have a second-round pick, but they do have nine selections in that draft. They have the 11th pick overall. And who knows, maybe we'll see some some big things happen right after.
right at the draft table. That's yeah. happened before. No, it could be, and it, it, it could even uh, involve the Sharks moving in an existing contract that's on the books, and, and a pick goes with that player uh, to free up a whole lot of cap space. Who knows? You know, there's so many things that are uh, out there as possibilities. And, and again, these are all things that Mike Greer, I'm sure, in detail discussed with um, Jonathan Becker and Joe Will, who were conducting all the interviews, and Hasso Plattner, of course, the owner. I mean, they wanted to know nuts and bolts. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with this player, this player, this player? How are you going to capture some cap space so we can go out and add some some scoring through free agency or whatever the case may be? So uh, he's got a plan of action for sure, and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting and fun to watch him uh, execute it. Now, we've got some excitement. The schedule's going to be coming out in a few days. We've got the development camp coming up along with the draft, and then uh, the season will begin first in Berlin, Germany, with a preseason game, and then in Prague, Czechia, or Czech Republic, depending on how you so like now, to is call it. it. Czechia or Czechia? Uh, Czechia. All right. Czech Republic. By the way, Tomasz Hurdle told me, he goes, I don't go for this Czechia stuff. I call it Czech Republic. Okay, so go. that's what we'll call it. All but right. uh, how exciting is that, though, to represent the NHL against Nashville, an exciting team, and a team you can compare to the Sharks at the very start of the years to the direction that they're going uh, in, the, in, in a great atmosphere. Yeah, it'll be fun, and, and I'm hoping that... Uh, that the games are sold out. When we were in Stockholm, that was the only downside to that trip, is that uh, the Globe Arena, I think it was called, uh, it wasn't sold out. There were no. like four or 5,000 people at the games, and, and it, it took away from the atmosphere that it could have been. But I suspect um, in, in Prague uh, it'll be uh, m- better attended, and we'll have a true NHL regular season feeling atmosphere in those, uh, those two games in Prague. Looking forward to that. Well, we're looking forward to that, Randy, and thanks for joining me here today. It's a very exciting day for the organization. Indeed. Mike Greer, the fifth general manager in the history of San Jose Sharks hockey. An historic day at SAP Center. You've been listening to Sharks Hockey Digest. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.